Hey everybody, this is Bobby with the Scooter Pod. Just want to let you know that this is part two of a two-part series. If you want to listen to the first part where we talk about the offense, you can find that in our podcast feed right now. Just scroll down. It happened yesterday. Easy to find. Recommend listening to that first. Uh, However, if you want to just jump straight to the defense or you've already heard yesterday's, here you go. It's time to go for the Scooter Pod. Jameson, what is your first position you want to break down here uh, when talking about the defense uh, on this uh, defensive roster preview? Yeah, let's talk about the interior of the defensive line first. Um, I think this is a really, really interesting group to start at. So you'll have nose guard position in the defensive tackle. So let's just kind of tackle the, I guess, since I said tackle, I have to say defensive tackle first. I was going to say nose guard, but screw it. Let's talk about defensive tackle first and who's going to be our starter there. I think Jordan Kelly will probably be our starter there. Um, I, I'm, I I think that that's our number one option. I understand Jonah Laulu has been getting a lot of run as well, but I think Jordan Kelly will be our starter at that defensive tackle. Jonah Laulu at number two and Grayson Halton at three. And then heard a lot of things good about Ashton Sanders. He probably could be a number four. And then our good friend, Devon Sears from Texas State at number five. There is still, you know, there's, I feel like this has got a high floor, but how much of a ceiling does that group have in your opinion, Bobby? I think it's tricky to tell right now because I think it can go higher. I think Mm -hmm. it's definitely going to be better than last year. I don't think they're at the level that it will be. If you get five-star type of guys like, you know, like a David Stone potentially. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, no, I, I think I think they can be good enough to do their job properly, which yeah. I know sounds like a low bar, but given what we saw last year, it's good enough. Yeah, Jordan Kelly will be a great glue piece. He just does what he needs to do, and he's proven that throughout the five years, I guess, he's been here now. Um, so he'll be a good um, good piece next to probably nose guard Isaiah Coe is who I think is going to be starting at the nose guard. Nose guard could be a... a a position that could be a high ceiling. I think Isaiah Coe is continuously getting better and better, and I feel like he has very high aspirations of what he can do in this defense, the way that he speaks about himself. He has a lot of confidence, and I love hearing confidence from defensive linemen. You have to have that to get after the quarterback and get after the run and plug gaps. But the position, the guy that everyone wants to talk about in terms of the nose guard is Dejon Terry, the transfer from Tennessee. It seems like he almost has kind of been stuck early on in the process behind some guys. And people thought he was going to slate in, be this absolute demolished run stopper, um, nose guard that we've never kind of had before. He is. He is. The body type that he is, you're going to see him whenever he comes down the field for the first time. I don't think he'll start um, that first drive. But when he comes on the field, you're going to be like, oh, my God, this guy can play. That guy, if he puts the pieces together and he shows some things this year and he moves into the starting lineup – that is a type of position and type of guy that can raise the ceiling of this defensive line by a lot. Absolutely. And you know, that the type of it's the type of guy that Todd Bates can take to the next level because mm-hmm. some of these things that the OU defense does, not everyone can do because they're physically not there. That is not the case with uh, Dejon Terry. I think he can take, take it to that level. And if he, if he picks up to this defensive scheme, if he picks up to what Bates is telling him, I think it could be really good. 
Mm-hmm. I'm excited for him. He's a guy that I keep in the same position as someone that we're going to talk about, the Chichita and Desan Bacola. Two guys that have great, great potential, but really they need to go out and prove it to me. They will make big, fun plays. You know, like in terms of D- like, you know, DJ Terry, like you think of what guys like Perry on Winfrey, like that can go out and make big plays and you make wow, but how much are they going to be consistent? Um, so I, I feel like that's a decent comparison there. We don't get a lot of guys with that kind of body that we've seen from Perry on Winfrey and DJ Terry. But let, let's not let's not get ahead of ourselves to Cheetah. Let's stay on the defensive line. Talk about the defensive end. I think a group that's really, really fun. Obviously has obviously have some young guys, have some older guys, combine that all together. I think our starters on both sides, it'll be Rondell Bothroyd on one side and Ethan Downs on the other. Ethan Downs has been getting a lot of rave reviews in terms of his leadership, obviously just married. Um, so maybe he's a lot more mature now. I understand people said he might not be the fastest on the edge. Rondell Bothroyd can get to the quarterback. He can do that on the other side. Him, Ethan Downs with Reggie Grimes, they maybe didn't complement each other that well in terms of the opposite sides of the ball. They played very similarly. I think you put Bothroyd on the other side of Ethan Downs, I think that could be a really good defensive end room. Yeah, no, absolutely. Bothroyd to me is a bit of a revelation. You obviously have the experience he had at Wake Forest and you know, that, that speed, that attacking force. Um, I mean, I, I think he's going to be absolutely massive for this because that was one of the biggest issues with our team last year. Not enough pressure on the quarterback, not enough speed. You didn't have, we, we, you didn't have that killer edge at, you know, D end. And I think, I think that's something Bothroyd brings to the table. That's going to be absolutely, absolutely massive. Um, and, you know, I feel like, when we're talking about portal guys on the defense, you know, a lot of people brought up McCullough um, for good reason, you know, but Bothroyd is just as big as, as any addition made mm-hmm. on this football team by far. Um, and people are going to see that starting in two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. He doesn't get talked about a lot because he just, you know, obviously saw McCullough and DJ Terry are just specimens. They just, their bodies are just, made to be high-end football players. So it's really, really fun to talk about them. Rondell Bothroyd's been there, done that. He's got the stats to back it up from his time as Wake Forest. He will be a really big contributor to this team. But behind them at the defensive end, um, once these guys, you know, uh, on the ones, Rondell Bothroyd, Ethan Downs, break down that um, first and second down, and maybe we're on the second or third drive, let's bring in our Mason Thomas on the outside for a third down quarterback um, pass rush. Let's bring, you know... Um, I'm kind of back and forth who I think the next one would be. I think Trace Ford, I would probably say, but PJ Adebuari, I guarantee you there's going to be a lot of people claiming for him to overtake the Trace Ford position. I still think he's probably a little bit behind just in terms of the experience factor there. But Trace Ford, our Mason Thomas, for bring them in third down, see what they can do. Um, the field um, from the sideline to sideline coverage, uh, they will be a great change of pace for this defense fin room. It's it's an entire, just an entirely fully reset uh, left side of that defensive line, without a doubt. Uh, Trace Ford uh, obviously has had his issues with his health, uh, been beat up a lot at Oklahoma State. If you can keep him healthy, he's going to be pretty lethal from what I've heard. Um, and then, yeah, PJ Adebolare, that's a guy, you know, physically, he's pretty big, might need a little bit of adapting to the college game. Might be one of those guys you see kind of come on towards the end. I feel like, I feel like that was kind of the case 
with uh, R. Mason Thomas a little bit. You know, he wasn't a guy we saw in those early games, but made big plays in, let's say, like Kansas game midway through the season. You know, really stepped up, really had that speed. I, I remember that very specific play where he, uh, I believe he chased Jason Bean out to the end, like really, really well. Um, <laughs> oh, good I, names. I could never forget a good Jason Bean play, Jameson. You know, you know, you know me. Uh, but <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think that just looking at that roster, so many new names, so many exciting names. And uh, it's really a testament to what this team has done in the portal uh, of addressing weakness. Yeah, exactly. This is a fun, fun room. And if you're looking for PJ Ottobuari out there and you're like, where is he? I, I, I don't know where he is. He's wearing number 34 this year. That's going to stick out like a sore thumb on the defensive end group. So once you see 34 come out on the field, that's PJ. And you'll notice whenever you see his long wingspan, he gets around the corner. Um, Jimmy in the chat, I think we could lead Big 12 in sacks this year. Absolutely. That is, that is something that we could talk about um, with this team. Our defensive end talent in, ter in terms of our pass rush should have a huge improvement this year. And if you're talking about how can this defense improve from last year, I think the pass rush will be the biggest thing. I got onto this team last year so much because I felt like our defensive ends were so slow and we didn't have enough push in the middle to where I feel like people could just pick us apart. You know, it's not the same as this Mark Stoops picking part where the defensive backs just played like eight yards off every single time. The quarterbacks could take a two-step drop and throw. I think last year we just didn't have a pass rush and we had to play R. Mason Thomas so early, early on in his career, even whenever he had the hamstring injury, just because he was one of the only guys that can get to the quarterback. Um, I think we have different skill set this year. I think Ethan Downs will take a jump. Rondo Bothray, like we said, I think that hopefully the sack numbers will go up. And they have to because the Brent, the Brent Venables defensive scheme does not work without pressure. It exactly. all falls apart. Um, you can you can do the best you can at linebacker. You can do the best you can at safeties and corners. If you're not applying pressure regularly, the defense does not work. And that's mm -hmm. why he, he, he stuck to his guns. He kept doing the same thing. Probably didn't do as well because he did that. But hopefully the results start to show because it is a great defensive scheme if you have the right guys. I think this year we're a lot closer to having the right guys. Yes. And so let's talk about the next position that I'll just go move over just a little bit. This is a linebacker, but still kind of a mixture of a defensive end and a safety all at the same time is that cheetah position. And I think this is one of the most interesting position battles that we'll have through this season. And I think the fans will be clamoring about this. Who do I think walks out there? Snap one. I think it's Justin Harrington over to McCola. But who would I like to see fill in and actually become a really good piece in this offense, I think that's Desaul McCola. Desaul McCola can make the way that he is as a player, the what he showed at Indiana, he could take this defense up another level. Justin Harrington's very talented. He's very fast. He's good in coverage. Same time, in terms of ceiling, Desaul McCola could be that dude. Moral of the story, I think we got a pretty good, decent group there. Um, but I'm really excited to watch the progression because I guarantee you they're going to be filtering through every other snap and you're going to see a lot of rotation between those two. Yeah. And look, the Sean, the McCullough had such an enormous amount of hype when he, when he transferred OU and for good reason, he is a freak of nature looks incredible right now. Um, but I will say what we've heard recently, you know, um, as uh, Teddy and Gabe brought up on the Oklahoma breakdown, um, there's some rave, rave reviews for Justin Harrington. Um, mm -hmm. There was recently like a little caravan event where I believe Brent Venables referred to him as a star in the making, which 
you don't say that lightly uh, mm-hmm. if you're if you're BV. So to me, it's like that. That's some eyebrow eyebrow rose, uh, raising stuff. Um, ultimately, you just kind of want the best guy at the at the position to play that position. But um, yeah, I think I think if Harrington is that good, yeah, that's awesome. But yeah. McCullough, man, the ceiling with that guy, it's it's sky high. Yeah, I agree. Justin Harrington, the fans might not be as happy, but it seems like he's a practice kind of guy. It seems like we saw it last last year a lot, and even the early years of Justin Harrington. Like he goes out and plays really hard in practice and really impresses the coaching staff. So I want to see him bring it over into the games and be that kind of guy, that star in the making that you said. Um, and you also, you said Brent Venables as BV. Um, I'm just going to put this out as a PSA for everyone. Stop calling Brent Venables BV because don't look that up on Google. It, what it stands for is something medical. So, and you don't want to look what that stands for. So moving on, try to take that away from your vocabulary. Really, really easy to well, say. Okay. It might just be a you thing though. You, you, I, I, no, I it is a it. Google thing. It is a Google thing. If you just type it in, it shows up as the number one options. All of the things I did it before this, just to make sure. Yes. Obviously I'm a little biased because I'm currently dealing with that right now in terms of my patient panel. Um, but you know, Ooh. it's also Google stuff. I'm, I'm dealing with a lot of guy and stuff right now. We're not getting into that conversation. So I just shouldn't Googled even it. That I just Googled it. Yes. No, it Thank it, you. It, it's, Thank you. So it's like Evan Fournier. Fournier. Stop, stop calling that. Exactly. Don't look up Evan Fournier's last name. <laughs> Don't look it up. Same conversation here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same that's fair. That's fair. All right. Moving on. We're just going to call on from that. I think the cheetah will be a really fun group. I actually, no, I don't want to move on because I, I want to say one more thing here. Um, the third string, because we don't want to take this a little lightly. Obviously, the top two are going to be really fun to talk about. Peyton Bowen's been getting some run at, um, at the Cheetah. I don't know if he's the third string. But if you're going to try to get a guy like Peyton Bowen on the field, whatever way you can, and your safety room is probably the best group on this whole team, in my opinion, why not try him at the Cheetah? Screw it. Get this guy on the field any way you can. And, man, he is a hell of an athlete, and I have a lot of fun watching him just to see what happens in that Cheetah. Yeah, without a doubt, he he has to play. And sometimes there is a player who is so good that you can't keep him off the field. You have to put him out there. And that's 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 the level of player that Peyton Bowen is. Um, we've seen clips. We saw that interception he had against Jackson Arnold. Oh, he turned uh, to the ball. He turned to the ball in the whoop. air. It was beautiful. I hadn't oh seen God. that in so long. That When he did that in the spring game, too, that was like, it was heavenly. It was heavenly. Yes. I, I just we got to get that guy on the field. I, I am. If you want to look, if you want a guy from the class of 2023 to be really, really excited about watching, it's not Jackson Arnold. It's Peyton Bowen. That guy mm-hmm. is, is going to be an absolute star, man. He is so special. Yeah. Stay tuned. We're probably going to talk about the safeties last, but as you saw from the tier maker in the preseason, the time I did, uh, safety's got the best position grade and I ain't changing that at all. Uh, I think they could be our best and have an A grade. And some people even said they could be an S grade in terms of tier maker. They're that special. But let's move on and talk about linebackers here. There were some things talking about the linebacker room of who's actually the starter. I think Danny Stutzman slotted in, you know, to be that one of them. But people might thought might have thought that Connor Near could come through and take that position from Jaron Canick. From what I'm reading, it seems like Jaron Canick and Danny um, will be side by side. But Connor Near out of Ferris State is a guy that 
probably people will brush off, but seems like he's having a really good camp. And don't be surprised whenever you see him out there and you're like, who is this guy? Um, and why did we take him? But it seems like he's doing pretty decent. Yeah. And I mean, he's like you said, Ferris state kind of out of nowhere. Um, so you, you have to wonder, like me, you have to think Brent Bittable sees something in this. You have to, that I would like to see something like that happen. Always a cool story. Whenever you have a guy kind of come out of nowhere. Um, we'll see. Cause I, I, I think Kanek, you know, got a lot of playing time as a freshman, almost kind of prematurely in a way because he, you know, we needed it, but, um, I, I think he still has a lot of upside. He looks good, looks really good. And, um, from what we've seen in camp and physically he's bulked up. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's going to be a really interesting battle because I, I believe am I right. Yeah. Nears, a. uh, is a, is a senior. So yeah, he's, he's, he has that experience obviously at a way lower uh, level of football, but you know, the senior sophomore jump is, is very real mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of experience. Yeah. Connor near's a red shirt senior. He's been there for a while in college football scene. So excited to see what he can pr- provide in terms of depth in this um, linebacker room, but Jaron Kanek, obviously really exciting because he showed us a lot of things. Uh, so Moving on from the linebackers, that was pretty quickly into the defensive backs. And things get kind of interesting here whenever we talk about the cornerbacks. In terms of cornerback one and two, I think it's Woody Washington and Gentry Williams. Gentry Williams had that kind of scare in the offseason where he collapsed, but it seems like all of his tests were good. You know, when you hear about collapse, obviously in today's day and age, we're scared of, oh no, you know, Damar Hamlin. Talk about, you know, like Erickson and soccer was like a big thing that people talked about. Like, is it similar like this? He would not be practicing right now and not be slotted number one if they found something like that. He probably just passed out and all of his cardiac testing was fine. So kind of just forget about that, I'd hope. Obviously, I have limited information, but I'm not going to worry too much about it if he's already out there and playing. He came back pretty quick, too, to yes, practice from what I've seen. Exactly. So Woody Washington on one side, I feel like will be – Really, really good and a very, very forgettable guy in terms of his defense. Bobby, whenever you think about like Oklahoma defense this coming year, Woody Washington should be one of the best defenders on this team, but I feel like I constantly forget about him. Yeah, and I don't really know why. I mean, he's been doing it for a while. He's been a playmaker for a while, mm-hmm. uh, going back to you know that OU Texas game in the COVID year. Um, but yeah, he he kind of gets forgotten about a lot. Mm-hmm. You know what I kind of equate it to? I guess fantasy football is also around the corner for people that are NFL fans. But whenever you're drafting, it's so easy to kind of like look at the, ooh, this is the new up-and-coming guy. He's got a brand-new role in the team, and it's like a lot sexier pick. And I want to go pick these younger guys instead of picking the Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry, even though he's you know been there for a while, he's going to go out and do his business. Yeah, I'm not comparing Woody Washington and Derrick Henry, but people are honestly sleeping on Derrick Henry in fantasy because it's like, oh, he's old. And he's not as fun to pick anymore, but he's still going to go out there and absolutely produce. Um, Woody Washington's Woody- still here, still that, and he's CB1. Woody Washington, literally like Woody from Toy Story, just always getting forgotten about because he's an old toy. Everyone's excited with the new Buzz Lightyear Peyton Bowen. Can't forget about good old Woody, though. 
Oh man, that was such a better analogy and it was right there. And I thank you, Bobby, so much for coming in. I guess me, I didn't watch enough Disney as a kid. Another fault of my childhood. Didn't watch enough Disney. I'm sorry. I spent watching all night watching Sports Center repeats over and over. I could tell you, I could sing the whole Not Top 10 theme song, but I can't sing High School Musical to you. I don't know that either. It's totally, <laughs> totally different. I was a Pixar guy. I was out here grinding on, grinded watching Bugs Life film. You know, back in the day, I, grind, you know, grinding on while watching Bugs Life. That, that no, I was grinding on, grinding film, <laughs> the film, watching Bugs Life four times a day. You know, Chicken Run. That was what I was watching. I wasn't watching High School Musical. That was that was past my time. Yeah, yeah, us sickos. Yeah, we, we, I guess I was just more so in the lab with my deadliest catch on on uh, Discovery. Um, I will, I, I'll I guess never forget the first different. time I watched Sports Center as a kid. I'm like wait a second they show all the clips it was the best thing ever i was like oh man. i get they i just get to watch everything it was awesome <laughs> how things have changed and how like no one watches sports anymore but it's sad that was like my, my childhood but let's let, let's go and talk about backup cornerbacks because i think this is where things get interesting um who's going to be kind of like the cb3 and four and maybe even five um Seems like a lot of things I'm hearing are reading from camp. I got to stop saying hearing because I don't have sources. I'm just reading other people's stuff and telling you all. Um, but then giving my stamp on this. Makari Vickers, it seems like a guy is getting a lot of hype and obviously played some last season. Seems like he could be a guy who could be that first cornerback on. And then a guy that a lot of people are saying this guy could be special and he has a lot of grit in him and he just fights is Josiah Wagner. Um, freshman from northwest part of the country he's a little bit smaller he's not from our backyard but seems like he is feisty and wants to get early playing time and you love to see that out of freshmen mm -hmm. you know anytime you have freshman names come up you love that and i feel like in this day and age with the portal you kind of have to reward that fight uh by giving them some reps uh just to kind of keep them in the program keep them engaged so I, I expect to see a lot of uh, a lot of youth movement this year uh, in that uh, safety room, uh, rotated in and out. Yeah, um, I think these are a lot of fun guys. And then another name that I haven't mentioned so far, Kendall Dolby. I think that he's a guy that people will forget about, and he's going to be another one of those guys like, wait, who is this? Because I know all of you guys listening right now, if you're listening to OU Podcast right now, late August or mid to late August, you're like, you're a pretty big OU sicko. Um, but there's still going to be some times where you're going to see some guy out there and it's going to be a number you don't realize. I'm like, who is this guy again? Kendall Dolby is going to be one of those people. He's going to go out there. He's going to play. Um, and it seems like he's been doing well in camp. Um, it's got good length and will be a great depth piece for this cornerback room. Let's yeah. move on into yeah, safeties, Bobby. You got anything else to say about cornerbacks? I do not. Let's move on to the safeties. Yes. So also, um, Jaden Rowe is another kind of guy that um, I failed to mention, but still there. Got a lot of athletic pace, but he's still got a ways to go. Um, let's move on and talk about the safety room. And I kind of teased this earlier. The safety room is going to be the most skilled and best position group on this team. And I am absolutely enamored, probably with four guys in this safety room. That There's only going to be two safeties on, on the field at a time unless they're going to I don't know. Let's screw it. Let's just play three-man deep prevent defense all the time just so I can get these guys on the field as much as I can because I love these safeties. The starters. I think Billy Bowman will be starting at the strong safety. 
at free safety, a lot of people, um, or I guess um, people kind of back and forth, like strong safety, free safety. I guess Billy Bowman would be free safety um, now that I think about it. So Billy Bowman starting at free safety, but who's going to start at strong safety? Will it be Key Lawrence or Reggie Pearson? I love Reggie Pearson so much. I'll talk about him in a little bit, but it seems like Key has been an extreme vocal leader on this defense, and he should be the starter next to Billy on that first snap. Yeah, I I think it's you you trend towards Pearson. Um, everything I've heard, it's kind of trending towards Pearson. Um, mm-hmm. Mainly, I think some of that is because Key Lawrence just hasn't performed super well, which is unfortunate. He's been a long, uh, been mm-hmm. around a really long time. You know, one of those guys, Lincoln Riley, pilfered from uh, Tennessee, um, and y- you always hate to see a guy go out kind of on a bad end. But um, man, Pearson, you, you, I, I'm enamored with the guy. Hard, uh, hard hitter, very solid player uh, from Texas Tech. So I, I think, I think right now. I'm thinking Pearson. Yeah, and it, it'll probably not. It's probably not already decided, anyways. Um, if Reggie Pearson goes out there in Week One starter, I'm absolutely over the moon excited. And I hate to overreact on spring game stuff, Bobby. I hate. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. But man, he just comes downhill and he just plays with just a chip on his shoulder that I love. And you just don't see that a lot from Oklahoma guys in the past, especially in the, the defensive back room. I feel like we've had a lot of conservative tacklers, and you know, kind of just gang tackle at the end. Man, he seems like a type of guy take your legs out, and just by his hit alone coming down the middle can dislodge a ball and make a big play. Yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys have you know been through it defensively. You know, uh, a lot of the ex Grinch guys. You know, it took a little bit. You had to kind of deprogram them a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's why whenever you get the new guys in and they don't have that attitude, they don't have that timidness of, you know, having that kind of uh, maybe semi shame of being <laughs> an OU defense. Uh, it's good to see. So yeah, I, uh, Re- Reggie I, Pearson I, does not have any timidness that that's, no. that will be his weakness this year is not being timid. Yes. <laughs> and I will say it's probably a good thing that we're pretty deep at uh at safety because if he gets ejected we'll have a good player to put right in there yes and here we are we've talked about three safeties and we didn't even talk about peyton bow and a guy that we already kind of talked a little bit in the cheater room but this is a guy that bobby you said should be the most exciting person to watch in terms of this 2023 group yeah i mean i'm thrilled with bowen i think he brings this he brings a level of elite talent that we have not seen in a really really long time um Obviously, if you just go by the recruiting rankings, last time we had someone this high, st- highly ranked was uh, Brendan Radley Hiles. Uh, yeah. Obviously, obviously, a different situation uh, there. Um, so my thing is, I, I think Peyton Bowen to me that le- that that level of talent defensively is just incredibly exciting um, and something that I I cannot wait to watch because we've had we've had some solid players we've had good players but we haven't had elite players at that position um, mm-hmm. yeah it's just gonna be so fun to watch yeah we've had, we haven't had playmakers and he is an absolute playmaker he, he's gonna be a lot of fun to watch and I'm so excited to watch the development of Peyton Bowen. And hopefully he gets as many snaps as he can this year. But even if he doesn't, even if you feel like I want Peyton Bowen on the field more, that's a great sign for this safety room um, because Peyton Bowen is talented. He should be getting snaps. But if he's not getting in the field as much as you want to, 
introspect, take a look and realize our safety room is probably playing really damn good and it's impacting Peyton, Peyton's ability to go out there and grow. Yeah. And I think you don't want, I mean, you don't want to play a player that isn't as good just because they're young and have that talent. You want to make them feel better. This, this isn't, isn't the thunder. No. This is, no, this isn't the thunder. This isn't little league. You know, you, you're not required to play each player a certain amount of snaps. You know, it, it it's, it's, it's not that. So if Peyton Bowen's not out there, it means everyone else is doing good. So mm-hmm. it's patience. It's just keeping it easy. Seeing, you know, I, I we'll see plenty of Peyton Bowen. Uh, his time will come. Um, but it's not going to, if it's not regular, if it's not every single play at the position that he was recruited for, it's not the end of the world. No need to pay. Oh, you fans. I love you. We're a reactionary bunch. We freak out about everything. We freak out about the smallest news. We freak out about someone doing a hand sign that may or may not relate to where they're going. Uh, and then we have a meltdown about it uh, on all of our, all of our little private sectors. And there's a look, there's a reason why message board geniuses probably love sooner scoop and OU insider more than any other fan base group. It's because you all lose your minds at everything. And I love that about you. Never change, never lose that passion. But for your mental health, maybe keep it easy. Maybe calm it down a bit. Eh, and you know what? Keep it on the message boards. I love reading it. That's probably <laughs> one of my favorite things. You know, the comments, you know, posts are never it. The articles are never it. It's always in the comments. Always been a comment guy. Uh, so keep it up, Sooner fans. We love you. Um, but <laughs> anything else on the defense or just like an overall like theme? Because I think we'll just touch ever so slightly on some special teams after this. Right, because it's hard to hear about really anything about special teams in camp because special teams is all based on, you know, game moments. And I know Brent mm-hmm. can say, oh, you can replicate game moments, not with special teams, not really. No. Um, you need a crowd for that. Uh, no, I, I think defensively, we're going to see a lot of upgrades. I think it's going to be a nine day difference, not quite where we want to be. We're not going to be at that final perfect level yet. But this is a year of overhauling, of moving in the right direction. And if it's anything like last year, panic button. It's time, It's panic button time. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we're really going to see that defense tested until, like, let's say SMU. Um, and so don't get too excited about Arkansas State or Tulsa. Or actually SMU second. So, yeah. I, and wait, that's, that's saying something. Yeah, SMU, without Tanner Mordecai, will they be the same team that we think, think they are, this heavy-hitting offense, TBD? Um, but so here's the defenses, and this is what I said on the Big 12 preview pod um, in terms of Oklahoma. Go check that episode out to see where we ranked Oklahoma and where we think they're going to end up in the Big 12. Um, but Oklahoma's success is not going to be through the offense. I think their offense is going to be very par for the course. They're going to do some good things. They're going to do some bad things. Overall, it's going to even out. Oklahoma's defense will make this team a possible Big 12 champion or a number five seed, number four seed in the Big 12. I understand the Oklahoma schedule is very easy this year, but this defense will put them over the edge. Brent Venables is the head of the helm. We said it last year. Oh, I'm so excited to get this new defensive culture in here so we can change things. We didn't see it, but change doesn't happen overnight. 
You know, this is evolution. It's slow little changes. And looking at this defensive roster right now, I see the pieces to where we can have a very good defense, one of the top defenses in the Big 12. Weird to say as an Oklahoma team. Really weird because that's just not in our mindset. But you look down from top to bottom, that safety room and how good they are. Our linebackers with return, um, returning talent and can Danny Stutzman take the jump to be not just a tackling machine, but actually a smart leader of the defense? And could those guys like a DJ Terry and a Desan McCullough break out and become, you know, stars um, next to other great pieces in front of them? Like, you know, Isaiah Coe and Justin Harrington as well, playing great minutes for this football team. There is a lot of potential in this defense and a lot of ceiling with them compared to our offense. And this is the reason that OU can be really good this season or have another average season. Or the, last season was an average. They could bad. just have an average season. Yeah, it was a bad season last year. I think that it's going to be really hard to have a bad season this year the way our schedule is. But I think OU could have an average season if this defense doesn't improve. Yeah, and I, I, I that's what it comes down to is – I. We're not going to see a massive jump on offense. Nobody's going to be that good to completely change everything on offense. Mm -hmm. And the offense wasn't even that bad last year. Uh, it, it's the defense that had the most deficiencies that lost us the most games that messed us up in the margins. That That is where the change occurs. That is where the change will occur through this entire program. That is the measuring stick on which to grade the Sooners. Mm -hmm. Offensively, yeah. I think... I mean... We could have some good offenses. Jackson Arnold could take it to a different level where we're rolling like we did with, you know, Bradford and uh, Baker, Kyler, etc. But the defense, that is what will take you the distance. That is what makes you uh, a Bama, Georgia, old school Clemson level team that can win playoffs, um, win playoff games, win national championships. That that takes that step. When And people, I think, make a lot of fun, you know, from the outside of – OU fans of like, oh, we'll be better now that we don't have Lincoln Riley. Brent, Brent, this is the right move because we have Brent and he's going to get us in the right way. I think OU fans probably should have explained that it's a macro thing and should have known that themselves, that mm. it's going to take time. Mm. Yeah. You know, change, change takes a long time. If this was Breaking Bad season one, we're just standing out in the desert in our tidy whities. <laughs> we haven't shaved our head yet. So we're. <laughs> We're like somewhere in between shaving our head, becoming the the one who knocks. We're like we're like trying to figure out how to how to how to get rid of Crazy Eight. No spoilers. Yes, uh, exactly. And I think we'll probably be in the middle of the season. We'll we'll have some moments where we'll show some optimism, but we'll also be getting mad and throwing a pizza up on on the roof as well. Oh yeah, there will be pizzas thrown on the roof a, a, a few times. Uh, so uh, pizzas thrown on the Ted roof, one might say. Okay. All right. That's, I think that's where we end the podcast. No, let's 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 one one thing we got to talk oh, yeah. about this special, special team. Special and every and everyone listening right now, um if you want OU content coming into the season from a fan's perspective, not an OU insider perspective, not a former player perspective, we bring a different view and we have a lot of fun with it. Subscribe to our um, to our channel right now. We're going to be coming out with a lot of content. Um it's just a different voice than you normally hear. I think it's a little bit fun, and we have fun doing it too. So go ahead and subscribe to us. We're almost 500 subscribers on YouTube. Yep. We've been putting in a lot of work here. So if you're listening right now, not already a subscriber, just go ahead, hit a subscribe for us, just for us, um, to try to get us to that 500, because that'd mean a lot. 
yeah, we're just kind of hanging out, talking, talking, talking about the Sooners, just like, just like y'all do with your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's not, we're not, we're not beefing with other publications. You know, we're not, we're not trying that to would tell be them, fun, though. it would be fun. We would have, we would have some, we'd be pretty good with beefs because we're, we, we're pretty self, uh, self-effacing here and there. So you can't really hurt us. We know what we are. We're the Bobby off. did did have a history of beefing with Cyclone Larry. So let it be known. I forgot about. I forgot <laughs> completely. Forgot it was Cyclone Larry after as as the years went went on. Um, I I I'm all good with beefing with other fan bases, and we yeah. because we have a we have a super weapon that nobody else has, and that's Ty. No one. <laughs> Yeah. So. Oh my God. Ty, Ty is just something else, and it just adds an absolute wrinkle to every single OU podcast. You won't get that from other OU no. podcasts. But let's let's no. just do a quick little run through on this special team that in the in this defensive preview. Kickers. Zach Schmidt obviously didn't show me too much last season to be super um you know excited for. But obviously we're spoiled with Gabe Burkich. Gabe Burkich was doing things as a kicker that we didn't think could be done since probably what Garrett Hartley days, Austin Seibert showed a little bit. Still Austin Seibert did frustrate us a lot other than the burrito curse. Like, you know, Burkich really was there. Um, but Zach Schmidt's got a lot to show. If you look at his stats, might not be the best, but he got thrown in some bad positions. He's not too much of a long range kicker. You know, Brent Venables put him out in some really long range kicks that weren't in kind of his range. And also kicking, what was it like the West Virginia game where it was just pouring run down rain, missed Wendy. a couple there. Yes. Um, uh, so still a lot to show there, but um, behind him, Gavin Marshall, uh, Zach Schmidt might not be the kicker that I feel I can go out there and get me an automatic 50 yarder every single time, but hopefully he makes a progression this season. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm optimistic about him. Um, seems like a good, a good player. Like you said, put in a lot of really tough, tricky scenarios. Hopefully you learn from that. I feel like you grow mm-hmm. through those things and, you know, having a lot of bad experiences can either break you or make you better. Let's hope it's mm-hmm. the, uh, let's hope it's the former or sorry, yeah. the latter, the latter, the latter, la- latter, not the former. <laughs> I hope I do not. I do not want him to be broken. That would be bad. <laughs> yes. And then at the punter position is super confusing and I don't really know what to get of it, but from what I'm seeing, it seems like we might even have a dual punter situation where we might not have the same punter every single time. So, Looks like it. We've got Luke Elzinga um, transfer from, from Central Michigan that people were pretty optimistic about. Um, and his career um, looks like he's had you know a pretty extensive career in his time. Um, 31 overall games. Uh, now, moving on from that, we also have Josh Plaster, who's been kind of waiting in the ranks. Uh, as a as a punter and then also we got ashton logan from colorado so i think josh plaster will probably be the majority of your punts but i wouldn't be surprised if we see multiple people because i've heard that no one's really won the punting job and this is going to be a weird thing if you have two quarterbacks or an old missus thing you have three quarterbacks you really have a quarterback is this going to be that kind of situation with our punters do punters have egos i mean other than our previous guy probably (laughs) uh so here's my thing, and I'm just going blind on this. I haven't seen any of the punters. I don't really know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I want to go with the guy who played the Mac because I imagine in the Mac you've had to punt in some horrible conditions. You're damn right. In weird times, and you punt a lot because you're in the Mac. I want the Mac punter. So give All me right. a Zinga. 
We are Elzinga. Elzinga, Elzinga not Elzinga. the sports animal. Yeah, sorry. Uh, but Elzinga. <laughs> Luke Luke Elzinga. So, okay, I am now I'm on the Luke Elzinga train. Um We're sorry, on the Zinger train. Runners. Yes, okay, that too. Um Give me the Zinger. I, I don't know if that'll stick, but okay. We'll try. Do punter um, names ever stick? They're um, punters. <laughs> Uh, I guess the first one I thought of has been canceled, uh, Matt Ariza. So we will we'll not talk about him. Um, but yeah, no, but, but yes, but, I, but obviously that's not a conversation I want to start. Um, but let's talk about returners because this is kind of an interesting topic here. Who's going to be a returner? And what we've seen in kickoff return is it's not going to really be your number one guy. So people are like, oh, let's put Billy Bowling back there. Let's put Jalil Farouk back there. Let's not put both of those guys back there. I don't want to deal with injuries at that position. Who are kind of guys that can be back there and, you know, that are a little bit younger and that have an opportunity to go sh- show something? I see, like, LV Bunkley Shelton's a guy I feel like we see in the past, even though he's not younger. Um, he's gone there in the past. I-, I really haven't seen too much, but, like, I think if they – and this is all just speculation. This is not from practice reports because I don't have this off the top of my head. Would a Jaquay's Petaway be fun back there? Brennan Thompson would be fun back there. I just would rather a guy that's not an established wide receiver one slash Billy Bowman, one of the better defenders on our team, back there returning kicks, even though they do have potential just because the data on kickoffs is a little back and forth. And people will give flack you know, to Lincoln Riley saying like, oh, you deferred kickoffs too much the data on having a good kickoff returner in college football is a little bit iffy so i'm not, I'm not too concerned i just want to make sure no one's getting hurt back there agreed and i think lv lv bunkley shelton is like the very stoopsian pick you know mm-hmm. bob stoops was not it was not one to uh want his punt returners to really do much uh we had a, a real streak where they just kind of fair count and called it good i feel well like that so, with yeah. punts it's different i think they'll have yeah. stoops back there for punts but for punts, kicks yeah. it's different. My, my apologies yeah yeah for kicks yeah i mean the game keeps changing where you don't have a lot of returners so like i think that's also keep it kind of chill you mm-hmm. know just with the fair catch yeah and just yeah. start at the 25 that's I, I think to me that it's not worth it's not worth putting guys out there who could get hurt or you know, if you're having guys who want to return it, I think that's automatically kind of a sus idea, a suspect mm-hmm. idea, because you don't want them to uh, usually you don't want them to return. I don't think that's a really good idea in, college, mm-hmm. in football anymore at all. Uh, the advantages yeah. of just starting at the 25. Just do that. <laughs> Agreed. And it's a huge argument. I feel like these past couple of years of. I want to see more returns. Obviously, Lincoln Riley didn't want people to return because he just wanted to get his offense on the field, didn't want to have to deal with the 17-yard. He just say, I'm going to take 25 because I believe in my play calling enough. And Brent Venables obviously allowed his returners to return a little bit more because, one, I don't know if that's actually how he thinks, but, two, I think it's also a good thing that to give the fans something that they want in that kind of position to kind of get them on his side. So I'm curious to see, will, will that be changed at all this year? Will he become more conservative throughout this year? Um, the way kickers are kicking things in the air, Bobby, like they're kicking it higher to where they're really not allowing many returns. And it's super like dicey to do that fair catch where a lot of people are just taking it and trying to run with it and getting stopped at like the 18, 19 yard line. Yeah. I mean, the, the game has changed in that, in that, per, in that way where they're kind of baiting you to take that fair catch or else, like you said, there's not really a good advantage because they've moved it up so far that, you have to have a back at 
I almost said back in our day, Jesus. Uh, but like it used to be like a 25 yard return is pretty good. That's a yeah. good return. If you get, mm-hmm. if you get an extra five from that previous fair catch, that's great. Um, we're at the point where, yeah, just take, take the pretty good return every time I mm-hmm. get the attitude of, we want to keep going at them. We want to keep it, you know, on the front foot, you know, aggression all the time, trying to take every opportunity. I get that. At the same time, mm-hmm. just be realistic. Take the five. Yeah, yeah. And that punt, like I said, Drake Stoops should be the guy back there. You might see a little bit of Andrew Anthony kind of coming through. Might see LV Bunkley Shelton back there as well. Um, but I think the kickoff return will be kind of the more interesting thing. You'll see some young guys back there, um, some more big playmakers, get, um, hopefully um, getting a little bit of extra run ball in their hands um, if they aren't getting enough on the offense. Uh, holder, I it seems like I've seen the holder. I know we're talking about the holder is going to be the, the punter. So whoever's punting is holding. So we do not have a Connor McGinnis of the past. Seems like we got, we got a punter holder this year. So People talk about heritage hall kids, you know, great heritage hall kids. You have Sterling Shepard, Gavin Freeman, you skip right over Connor McGinnis. <laughs> yes, exactly. What are we doing? Well, Oklahoma pipeline right now. I'm looking at you. Who's the holder of the year. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm we're, we are getting, Plenty of pipeline from the Heritage Hall um, community right into OU, becoming great, great names. Uh, but we Andy will Bass. see you. Yeah, that's what I that's what I said earlier. Yeah, Bass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah so I'm excited. Andy Bass um, announcing his commitment what Thursday. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Hopefully, we can beat K State and Syracuse. Yeah, I think it really comes down to if he wants to play quarterback or not. Because um, looks like you know. He's had a pretty good relationship becoming a Syracuse quarterback, and we'll be using more of it as an athlete here. But it's great to play at Oklahoma. He'd be a killer K-State quarterback. Like, yeah. Colin Klein, we talked about it on our Big 12 preview yesterday. Like, he might get pulled out somewhere. He's a rising star in the offensive coordinator-like world. But if he stayed at K-State and taught or got to teach a guy like Andy Bass, that's horrifying. That's mm-hmm. horrifying. Yeah, and OU getting out of the Big Twelve, they couldn't get out any faster with Andy Bass trying to play them as K State. I think he commits to OU. Um, yeah. but they also but, have a locket coming. So, and, uh, like, and Andy Bass, oh no. not, get out while we can. We're getting we out of run. the before the new before the new lockets. We're just we're trying to duck out of that. So, uh, knowing our luck, we'll meet them in the like twelve team playoff or something. So oh, that'd be in Manhattan. I would, I would I would enjoy. No, that'd be so much fun. That would be um, really fun. <laughs> Um, but all in all, Bobby, this was great. I had a lot of fun doing this breakdown. Um, if you are listening just this defensive breakdown, go listen to the um, offensive one that we recorded earlier. If you're listening on podcasts, if you're listening on YouTube, thanks for listening through this whole thing. Like I said earlier, please subscribe to us. We're trying to get to 500 before the season starts. And we'll be putting out a lot, a lot of content for you in terms of college football and Oklahoma content. Um, we are legitimately, we're on the highway now we're, we're speeding. We're going over the speed limit right now in terms of our content. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun and I am ready to sit my arse down on the couch and watch football on Saturday. I like the little wink you did when you're telling people to subscribe. You're really trying to, you're really trying to get there. You're trying to charm our audience. I gotta do what you gotta do out here. (laughs) Really putting on, putting on the charm or as the kids would say. You're putting on the Riz. So, <laughs> all, all right. right folks. Take us That's an outro. End. That's where we end. All right, folks. Thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, keep keep it with us on the Scooter Pod. We are right, right here. 
uh, on the verge of game day. Arkansas State preview next week. Um, and then, yeah, we can spread week zero with the boys. Me, Jameson, Ty, and Blake. It's, it's time, folks. I'm pumped. Can't wait. Oh, and also, if you're listening to this, if you've been watching, I've been, been taking a little sip to this. The uh, the schooner uh, All-American Ale from Coop Works. Not not a sponsor, but I did do a beer review. New thing we're doing, maybe. Maybe just this one, maybe more. We'll see how it goes. Check that out. It's on YouTube. Or will be on YouTube uh, in a bit. Hold your horses. Uh, I'm still trying to get it uploaded on Twitter. All the places. So, anyways. That's all of our plugs for today. We'll see you soon for the week zero uh, weekend spread. Have a great one, everyone, and boomer sooner.